Scent World is an original series presented by Scentbird, a fragrance subscription service that brings you luxury designer scents every month for $16.95. Unlock 50% off your first month at Scentbird.com. Welcome back to Scent World, a show that explores the power of expressing yourself through scent. Born and raised in South Africa, Sue Phillips came to the U.S. to start a career in theater and soon found her home in the world of fragrance. She's carved out her space in the industry as a entrepreneur. It's a term she coined to describe her work developing fragrances for some of the most respected brands in the world, like Tiffany & Co., Lancome, and Burberry, and also celebrities like Jamie Foxx and Katie Holmes. In this episode, Sue talks about her experience creating custom fragrances for over 20,000 people over the years. We'll dive into her process for bringing a new fragrance to the market, how the fragrance space is evolving, and what's next in the world of scent. I know there's a history of, you know, ritual uh, with fragrance. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about the history of fragrance. I would love to. Do you know what the word perfume means? No, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> so the word perfume actually comes from the Latin perfumum, which means through smoke. So you talked about rituals. So in the ancient Egyptian rituals and the ancient history of fragrance, the Egyptians would make sacrifices to the gods and they would put on a bed of wood, which came to be known as, a, as an altar, of wood, all the elements that they wanted to offer to the gods, and through, and then they would light the altar and they would light the elements, and the wood would burn, and through the wood and the smoke wafting into the air came the beautiful aromas. So through smoke came the word perfume, through smoke, perfumum. And so it was perfume and fragrance, and those rituals were really used for religious ceremonies. And that's sort of how it started. And then through the ages and through the centuries and through the different cultures, the Romans, the Greeks, the Macedonians, the, all those cultures used fragrance for religious ceremonies and religious offerings. And in fact, in the 13th century, they used uh, galbanum in these incense holders. You know, in the Catholic Church, we yes. swing the incense holders backwards and forwards, what's called a thurible, and they would put galbanum in the incense holder, and they would swing it backwards and forwards. And as the galbanum burned, the fumes and the aromas enticed the sinners to come back to the church to repent. Mm. <laughs> Do you think it worked? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to burn a lot more galbanum, I think. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but so it's really interesting. And then, of course, you know, history, I'm not going to go through the whole history, but even, you know, um, and then fragrance was used to cover up malodors mm -hmm. uh, when there wasn't such wonderful things as showers and ablutions. And so fragrance was used for religious ceremonies. It was used for um, personal care, uh, to cover up, to mask odors and aromas. And it was in the 17th century, actually, in a little town near Paris called Grasse, yes, G-R-A-S-S-E, -S -S -E, that modern-day perfumery was born because it was a beautiful area, lots of light, lots of fertile 
um, yeah, I heard the soil. The soil was very rich, very rich in nutrients. And so there was a lot of cattle roaming around. And so the farmers of that current time had to do something with the animal hides. And that's where the leather industry started. So they took the animal hides and they had to soften it with chemicals. Well, the chemicals were so harsh and it smelled so pungent. Mm. But thankfully, thanks to the soil and thanks to the beautiful light and the sun, you know, uh, doing what it does for for nature, um, the beautiful roses and lavenders and all the fields of flowers and beautiful ingredients were flourishing. And so they realized that to extract the oils from the flowers and maybe different technologies emerged of extraction and distillation and enfleurage, they were able to take the oils from the flowers, the essential oils, mix it with the harsh chemicals, and they softened the leather and made scented leather. And that's where the expression walking hand in glove comes from, because they gave to Catherine de Medici scented leather gloves. Wow. <laughs> I wish I had a pair of scented leather gloves. It sounds so luxurious. It? <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, leather itself has a wonderful aroma, but it's also part of the softening process and the chemical process. That's wonderful. And I mean, you're kind of speaking to the journey of fragrance, you know, how it's come to be in our homes and um, so widely used. And I know you've been on a journey through fragrance as well. Um, you speak so passionately about fragrance and scent and, and helping people. Um, I was wondering if you could share a little bit about your personal journey with fragrance. Where did your love of fragrance begin? Well, I, I always had fragrance in my home. My mother was an amazing artist from South Africa. We always had beautiful flowers. And thank you for these lovely flowers. They're so pretty. <laughs> Um, so I had flowers in the home and my mother was an amazing artist and a, and a homemaker. And so we had lovely aromas and beautiful flowers and art. And there was always something culturally going on in my home music. And so I had a love affair and an affinity with the arts long before I could even sort of even identify that. And my mom would go out at night with my dad and she would spray fragrance on it would linger in the air. And so I didn't feel that she had gone out or, you know, I was abandoned, heaven forbid, but it was just a, such a source of comfort. And so she was in, in the art world and uh, was doing a big project for a similar store to Bloomingdale's in South Africa. And as a holiday gig and as a holiday job, um, I got the position of being in in the fragrance industry, in the fragrance area for the holidays, for the hol Christmas holidays. And I was, I'll never forget, I was reaching for a bottle of perfume that a client wanted. I was, I think, 14 years old. So I reached into the, into the cabinet for a bottle of perfume. And in front of that was a tester. And the tester was a full-size bottle of Hermes perfume. Oh, wow. And it broke, crashed to the floor. <gasps> and I was devastated because, you know, I would have probably have to pay for that. Well, by the end of the day, I was, you know, I've gone to the department manager and I said, I'm so sorry, I broke the bottle of perfume. 
And they said, Sue, you wouldn't believe it, but we sold more bottles of perfume that day because the fragrance spilled on the floor <laughs> and it wafted into the air. So that oh, was wow. the first way of sort of ambient scenting that I had come to uh, understand. Scent diffusion. Yes. Uh, and since ever since then, I've loved fragrance. That's wonderful. Um, that reminds me of kind of a modern day uh, environmental fragrance experience that I've had growing up, just walking through the mall and being drawn to the, I know people, people might take this for granted, but Abercrombie and Fitch, right. you know, how, um, sure. when I, I didn't know this, but when I started working there in college, I, I realized that they are scenting, creating yes. a scent experience in their store. Um, and, uh, it just furthered my fragrance discovery. Like, I can't believe there's so many different ways to wear perfumes. And and you talked about it. Uh, you called it ambient scenting. Yes. A very interesting trend that has emerged in the last 20 or 30 years is this whole an idea of environmental or ambient scenting. And actually, I think it started, I mean, I'm talking about very modern day in the last 20, 30 years. I'm not talking about centuries ago because right. that was the start of <laughs> fragrance. But, you know, in the Las Vegas casinos where everybody was smoking, so think about all the smoke odors. And in fact, I had worked with a company who was really instrumental in developing the whole idea of ambient or environmental scenting. And it was a way of neutralizing or minimizing the smoke odors in the casinos. And what he did was he went into the HVAC systems and put an odor neutralizer in the HVAC system. And that was a way of refreshing and cleaning the air. But lo and behold, realize what if you put a fragrance in there? And so they started to scent brand the hotels and the casinos in Las Vegas. And interestingly enough, almost every casino in Las Vegas, and now pretty much around the world, um, and hotels as well, and stores and retail stores, is incorporating scent branding or mm -hmm. scent marketing or ambient scenting or environmental scent, whatever word you want to call it. But the idea is that you walk into a space, a hotel, a lobby, and there's a lovely aroma in the air, which is very discreet. It doesn't hit you over the head. Right, not overpowering. But it's, it's just a discreet, beautiful, refreshing, or sometimes you know, um, spicy or woodsy or fragrance that matches the, the ambient, even matches the architecture. And so it's as part of their marketing mix, as part of their marketing strategy, they will incorporate scent branding into the property. And so that is why hotels, spas, casinos, retail stores are incorporating scent marketing into their mix and it's a way of attracting and building a loyal customer. So when a client goes into a store and it smells good, subliminally, oh, this is a good feeling. This smells good. You know, studies have been done when in a Nike study, very famous study where Nike actually diffused fragrance in a Nike store, a chocolate scent in one store and nothing in the other. And the fragrance, the store that had the chocolate scent had more customers stay longer, they bought more. And so they actually were able to measure the metrics of scent branding. Wow. 
That makes so much sense, especially because of the tie between scent and memory. Exactly. I, I remember um, when you mentioned hotels, there is a hotel in Brooklyn, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Um, but I remember going in there and the the scent being like a woodsy and it was a fall day. Yeah, And, it was and I just perfect. remember, it, yes, absolute perfection. I was like, I understand the vibe in this hotel. I understand what the restaurant is going to be like. And every time um, I go back there, I, I just remember that and I feel comforted. I know, um, I know I'm going to have a great time there. Well, you see, that's the whole thing. It's really giving a wonderful customer experience. And fragrance can do that. Unlike many other things. I mean, music, certainly. But when you incorporate music and scent, so the sound and the fragrance together can really establish a really great ambiance and a really great environment so that clients know if they're going to book a visit into a hotel, um, something that makes you feel good and has a really positive association mm -hmm. is going to make you want to come back time and time and again. And that is why uh, scent branding has become so important. Tell us about um, your experience at Tiffany. I know, um, I know most people, you know, when I tell my friends or family about fragrance, they expect that, you know, someone at a brand, you know, just mixes a few things together and then puts it out on the market. And, you know, I'm not sure people really understand that there are um, so many steps involved in bringing a fragrance to market. So um, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about uh, how you were able to uh, help bring such a beautiful fragrance like the uh, Tiffany anniversary fragrance to life. At Tiffany, um, I'll just give you the short version of it. <laughs> uh, the day that I was hired, my future boss handed me two submissions and she said, these are the submissions we've been working on for the last six months or eight months or a year, whatever it was. And I wasn't even out the door before I sprayed the fragrances on me. And I was so excited to get the position and, of course, excited to smell the fragrances. And I stopped. And they didn't seem to reflect the image and the quality and the luxury and the beauty of Tiffany. And so now I had to go into Lancome and resign. And so I had my two weeks there. And in those two weeks... I really was agonizing about what to do because the fragrances weren't really right. Mm -hmm. And so I landed up contacting my future boss and I said, look, you know, I'll do whatever you want. But to me, these don't seem the ideal quality for the luxurious brand of Tiffany. And she said, well, Sue, you know, uh, let's go and talk to the chairman. We went, we talked to him and he said, well, we hired her, let her fix it. Yes. And um, the beautiful thing was that uh, at that time, T Tiffany was just finalizing a joint venture deal with Chanel. And so I was able to go to Chanel to the work with the chief perfumer, Jacques Pauge, and we created a beautiful perfume that became known as Tiffany. Oh, wow. And it was amazing because it was the first fragrance that Tiffany had done um, under the luxury brand of Tiffany. And we actually invited the Tiffany customers to come in to do a focus group. And they, we had the original two fragrances as part of the focus group test, and then the third. So we invited people to come to a breakfast Tiffany focus group test. How fabulous. And they loved that. Uh, and we had a spray there and a spray there and a spray here. And ultimately, the fragrance that we developed with the Chanel uh, perfumer became 
you know, the outright winner of the focus group. So I was very pleased and very excited that that was able to happen. Yes, you have great fragrance instincts uh, <laughs> from all of your experience uh, with the customer and in knowing what they like to um, your experiences in different aspects of the business all brought you to a place where you were able to, you know, insert your expertise and, you know, ha- you know, still rely on the customer um, and bring them back into the yeah. equation. I always felt that it was really important to tell my clients, number one, and my students that they need to understand what a fragrance means to them and that just because a fragrance is popular or, you know, it's the latest designer fragrance or the latest celebrity fragrance doesn't mean that it will really suit them for their body chemistry or their personality or their individuality. And I've always said, you know, I say this all the time, why wear what everybody else wears when you can create your own? And now thanks to technology and modern day, um, you know, I, the technology has changed so much and it's now becoming a lot more affordable to do and have a bespoke fragrance as opposed to, you know, many years ago, a custom fragrance was really only the domain of the very wealthy, the very nobility or celebrities who would be able to, you know, spend $30,000, dollars $50,000 on a fragrance. But now um, it's a lot less. It's a lot more affordable. So what I like to say is through affordable luxury, you can really create your own fragrance and have people understand how a fragrance can really enhance their personality and their individuality. Yes. Um, let's talk about that more. I know um, I know you've worked with celebrities to create their own fragrances and you've mentioned you have um, the or customers have the ability to work with you to create their own fragrances. Um, so let's talk about customization of scent um, and fragrance layering. So you know people don't really realize that there are different flavors and fragrances and different families. And I always make the analogy that in, art, you have your three primary colors, your yellow, blue, and red, but think how they can manifest through secondary and tertiary colors. And you can have a whole palette of magnificent colors just from those three primary colors. And then the same analogy is with music. You have an octave, you have eight notes Mm -hmm. and think about how, how many amazing symphonies and you know, rock and pop and jazz and all kinds of wonderful different genres of music have been able to be, you know, created and written and composed because of those eight notes. And so I thought, hmm, why not use the fragrance families? And there are, depending on, you know, where you go, who you speak to, there's a range of fragrance families, eight mm-hmm. or nine or 10, citrus, floral, fruity, woozy, musky, spicy, herbaceous, animalic. So it becomes a lot for people to understand. But putting them all together and coming up with a range, um, I came up with 18 different fragrances. And I take people on a fragrance journey. First mm-hmm. of all, I give them a scent personality quiz, pretty much Ooh. the way Scentbird does. Uh, but the idea is to determine your personality and your personal preferences. And so by taking my scent quiz, people can really see the results of what fragrance family they like, whether it's fresh or floral or woodsy or spicy. And based on that and based on their results and based on their answers, I can usually come up and create a custom fragrance. So 
it's been amazing. People really love the fragrances. I was just walking by, in fact, last night, and somebody behind me said, what are you wearing? I, I've never smelt that. And when I when I get comments like that, it just lifts my spirits yes. because it's such a huge, huge um, positive feeling that somebody can actually love the fragrance that I create. And just walking in the street. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, um, I know it's one of the top most favorite comments people can get or people yeah. can give is, oh, what are you wearing? That smells so great. Right. Um, so Sue. Yes. Um, one of the things that I've noticed throughout our conversation is that you've been able to continuously reinvent yourself. <laughs> to me, you are like the Madonna of <laughs> The fragrance industry, <laughs> always oh. on the pulse of what's new and next. How do you stay so connected with what's going on in fragrance? How do you stay on the pulse of what's new and and what's going to be the future of fragrance? It seems like you're always there at the beginning of it. How do you do that? Well, you know what? Thank you for that. I'm not so sure Madonna would be too happy. <laughs> <laughs> she would love it. But uh, I appreciate that. You know, I really think it means... I think for me, it, it's having a vision. It's not just staying in one spot. It's really understanding, you know, what happens and not necessarily the trends because, you know, you can get bogged down in the trends, but understanding um, how your passion can move you forward. Look, I'm f passionate about fragrance. I have been I'm passionate about acting. Uh, and so I merge the two. I don't know how, but I do. I'm still acting. And what I've tried to do is really take all the sort of highlights of my life, which is the art, the music, the fragrance, the food, and now the knowledge of how fragrance can help people, well, what COVID has done for people, and create these interactive, fun, multi-sensory interactive experiences. And so what I have been doing and what seems to resonate with so many people and clients is these multi-sensory experiences. I call them scent dinners. Oh. And, you know, so many corporations are doing dinners. Well, you invite your clients, you invite your colleagues, you invite your employees to dinners. And I hate to say the term, but a lot of these people say, oh, they're going to another chicken dinner. <laughs> well, it can be very boring, but mm -hmm. it could be so wonderful if they added a little bit of an experiential aspect to it. So what do I mean by that? Um, you know, fragrance and flavor are so connected. Our sense of smell and our sense of taste are very connected, Absolutely. as we know. And not too many people are really understanding how to make that something very experiential and very joyous. And so I have been sort of curating these scent dinners and where every course has a flavor, a fragrance, and wine component. And I call it sip, sniff, and savor. Ooh. You sip the wine, you sniff the matching fragrance, and, the, and you savor the food. And so there's a whole gustatory, experiential enjoyment of this dinner. Absolutely wonderful. And if you so happen to have an extra ticket to one of these scent dinners that you're throwing, <laughs> please send it my way. I would love to Absolutely. join. Absolutely. Um, it's also, um, it's it seems like it's a mix of nostalgia because we haven't been able to have these dinners exactly. in so long. And it's also a mix of the future. Like how can we 
uh, take scent to a new place. It's so remarkable that you've been able to just uh, stay on the pulse and stay in front of what's new and different and exciting. And it's imaginative to me um, to think of scent beyond the bottle. Um, and, I love that, by the way, scent beyond the bottle. Scent exactly. The bottle. I always say, you know, I like to, def- my mission is to create multi-sensory experiences where every fragrance um, goes above and beyond the bottle. So it's, it's you know, multi-sensory experiences, drop by drop and whiff by whiff. <laughs> drop by drop and whiff by whiff. I'm going to get a tattoo. Uh, <laughs> I love that statement. Um, in lieu of this idea of yeah. scent division yeah. that we know is coming in the future, right. um, what are some ways that a customer can experience scent in, a, in the digital realm? Well, it's really a question of understanding what fragrance is about and what brands are offering fragrances. And taking a scent quiz and understanding, well, am I a citrus person? Am I a floral? Am I fresh? Preferences, yes. And understanding your preferences. And it's really an educational process because, you know, nobody teaches us how to smell. So we don't, we're not used to it. We're not sort of au fait with, well, you know, I'm going to be a fragrance maven. Um, I think, honestly, it's really, it's education that's going online. It's looking at companies like Scentbird, like my company, uh, to really help people become more educated. And going into the supermarkets, you know, just honestly, and I tell this to my my COVID clients, when you go to the supermarkets, go to the fresh produce area Mm. and smell the orange and look at the lemon and the lime and the tangerine and all those produce, the fruits and the and you know the peach and the apricot and the tangerine, and smell them, and then look at them, and so you've got the sight and the the scent, and see which resonates with you. What do you like? Do you like fruity scents? Do they make you feel flirty and and happy and girlish? Uh, you know, summer's coming, um, or do you like something a little bit more spicy and woodsy and a little more sensual. And so nature can really help you. If you can't go to a store, if you can't get, you know, center vision, if you can't find a fragrance that you like from a digital standpoint, you know, everybody can go to a supermarket. Everybody can go to a flower shop. You can actually smell the flowers. What's the difference between a rose and a gardenia? Yes. You know, what do you like? You know, a lily might be a very light fragrance that you might prefer than a heavy, sensual gardenia. So nature is there for us in the form of even supermarkets and flower shops. So it's a question of really educating yourself to see, well, what kind of fragrances do I like? Do I like the heavier ones? Do I like the more sort of citrusy, sparkling fragrances? And I think by really understanding how fragrance is everywhere, um, you know, flowers are around, fruit and produce is around. You can really understand the importance of how our sense of smell can be heightened through visually looking at something and then actually experiencing it. That's so true. We don't think about, we don't tend to think about the everyday items in our lives that could lend themselves to fragrance preferences. Right. Um, I love rose. Uh personally myself. So every time I smell it, I love the notes. You know, I know I can go into uh, 
I can look into the scent notes online and say, I know I love rose. It's like having that foundation that you were saying, kind of those building blocks. But you know, there are different roses. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, all roses are not the same. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, that's, I'm so glad you mentioned rose because for me, rose is the quintessential symbol of femininity. Why? Because it was something that our mothers and our grandmothers used, and it was something that goes back centuries. And also because it was probably one of the most symbolic fragrances and flowers Mm -hmm. of femininity. And it's always been used as that. Now, the problem about rose is that many young people today don't like rose. Yes. Why? Because they say, oh, it reminds me of my mother, my grandmother, my great-grandmother these days. It has that old-fashioned vibe to it. Um, And the reason being also when our mothers and our grandmothers wore fragrance, they had a powder. And the powder, the face powder, actually had a rose fragrance. So they would put the rose, the powder on their faces. And when the child would kiss the grandmother, they would smell the rose fragrance from the powder. And so the association was rose, grandmother, old lady, no good. (laughs) (laughs) Not me, Sue. That's not me. (laughs) No. So again, but there are some beautiful rose Mm -hmm. fragrances. I mean, I have a Moroccan exotic rose um, there are some gorgeous rose fragrances. So I, I, I urge everybody, don't give roses a bad rap. Try yes. roses. Try different flowers because they are beautiful. This is our PSA for rose, everyone. There you are. <laughs> Let's give rose a good name. <laughs> you're only listening you can't see this but if you're if you're viewing you could see all of these beautiful fragrances that sue phillips has created um i believe these are especially for the scentbird platform yes. right so i created five distinct exclusive beautiful complex perfumes and they are perfumes for scentbird and i took the five different flavor categories fresh floral woodsy spicy and fruity um, we called them Sue Phillips Artisan Sense. If you look at the label, you'll mm-hmm. see it says Sue Phillips Artisan Sense. And this is, you've got the fresh blend. Yes. And here's the floral, the woodsy, the spicy, and I have the fruity. And they are each very complex, each very different. And the fresh fragrance is a beautiful combination of citrusy, sparkling, green notes with a little sporty note and it's very invigorating very exhilarating great for men and women so the fragrances that i created are complex they are actually a combination of my blends so the fresh fragrance Mm -hmm. is the fresh artisan perfume is a combination of the citrus a very sparkling exhilarating citrus and a beautiful green green grass green leaves green teas and a hint of hyacinth, and then a robust sporty note with juniper berry and a hint of ozonic um, fresh fragrance with a little galbanum. And it's a very exhilarating fragrance for men and women. The floral is a beautiful, just what this medley is. (laughs) It's a lovely medley of flowers, lily of the valley, jasmine, gardenia, rose, of course, a little frangipani and a little cyclamen. So it's really complex and it's a gorgeous, very sensual rose fragrance, rose, not just rose, but floral fragrance, a floral blend. 
Uh, and if you love florals, it's amazing. Yes. You know, interestingly enough, there are some European men who love florals. Yes. And I heard in Middle Eastern cultures, they don't yes. really designate between masculine and feminine. Everyone's just wearing the fragrance that suits them, exactly, right? Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I would like more and more men to step out of their sporty vibe and really try some beautiful florals. Yes. Men, you don't <laughs> have to only wear fresh. Exactly. You can expand your horizons exactly. and you can try different scents, particularly Sue Phillips. Right. Try the floral blend. So we did the fresh, we did the floral. Now the woodsy. Okay. So the woodsy is an amazing fragrance also for men and women, but mostly men love woodsy. So in here is the sandalwood. I have sandalwood, which is from India and the finest sandalwood comes from India. And is also a hint of herbaceous notes, a little herbal. Some people think that herbs, uh, a lavender is a, is a floral. It's not, it's a herb. Mm -hmm. So what I did for my woodsy, I actually combined woodsy and herbaceous notes. So there's a sandalwood in here, a herbal, a little hint of musk, because that kind of is a little bit um, in the woodsy area. Yes. And a beautiful patchouli, a wonderful oak moss. And so this is sensual, it's deep, it's dreamy, it's sexy. Seductive, it's would you seductive. say? Seductive. It's I love robust. It's wonderful. And I love the way these open. So you twist and you swivel. So just the way we know how to do this. So this is Perfect. the woodsy. And I know a lot of women are starting to wear more woodsy scent. I think yes. we can thank Santal 33's success for exactly. that. Exactly. Um, well, before that was even Samsara. Samsara, yeah. Years ago, before your time, Brittany, you're too young. <laughs> I, I've seen it. I haven't smelled it yet, but I know it was very popular. <laughs> so we did the fresh, the floral, the woodsy, and now we have the spicy. Now, spicy um, is very exotic. It re really reminds me of, um, it reminds me of the spice markets in Morocco. Oh, yeah. And very beautiful spicy notes, amber notes, and some vanilla. So, you know, in the oriental category, which we're now calling the spicy um, category, mm -hmm. vanilla is very important. So this is a very smooth, sensual, spicy, warm, again, seductive fragrance, which I call my spicy artisan blend. Is there a little gourmand in that one yes, as well? Yes, with the vanilla. Something edible. Yeah. Vanilla is very, very much in the edible category. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, one of the most requested fragrances for most people is vanilla. Yes. You know why? It reminds mm -hmm. them of good times. You know, when you're a kid, you ask for a vanilla ice cream, vanilla cookie. It has that wonderful nostalgic and memory feeling of feel good, uh, being with your family, being with your friends, you know, having those delicious little cookies and the break and bake. Exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> and then finally I created the fruity. Now this fruity is so luscious. It is so delicious and luscious because it has pomegranate. It has all the fruity notes in it, melon, strawberry, belly, berries, pomegranate, and it is luscious. It is absolutely, um, it's, it's the cherry on the top because it's young, but it's not that young that it's bubblegumish. Right. So it has a, a feeling of exotic, luscious fruitiness. And um, for, if you want something a little different, uh, it's, it's ideal. 
it's not the typical fresh flower woodsy or it can really give you a feeling of brightness and uplift your spirits and yes. make you want to go out and have a good time and dance it's and the flirtiness you were talking exactly, about exactly it's not flirtiness. the body mist that we wore as in our youth necessarily right. this is the perfume version of it the yes. complexity um that sounds awesome and i know cherry notes are are, are, is, you said there's a there's cherry, note, cherry in there? note and pomegranate. Yes. Yeah, those are some newer uh, fragrances are coming out with those yes. notes too. I love them. I'm I'm so excited. This is this is awesome and a great opportunity for people to truly learn what their yeah. favorite categories are and which ones play nice with their body chemistry. You've literally written the book on perfume. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Could you tell us a little bit about your your book, The Power of Perfume? Very interesting. We talk about fragrance through the decades. Uh, I give a little history of fragrance, but not so overwearing, overbearing that it's so boring. But it's interesting, you know, how fragrances are made, where fragrance comes from, fragrance through the decades, the difference between top notes, middle notes, basic note, base notes. I think you'll enjoy it. Yes, I'm definitely going to be... Um giving this as a gift for all of my perfume friends. Oh, it's wow. perfect. Thank you. Um, and, you know, it speaks to the past, present, and future yes. of fragrance, which I think you totally yes. represent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Sue. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Up next on Scent World, cherish meaningful memories and your favorite stories, like Star Wars and Friends, with Lauren McCord from Homesick. For more unfiltered conversations with perfumers, visionaries, and fragrance lovers, follow Scent World wherever you get your podcasts. Scent World is a Scentbird original series produced by Flowship. Today's episode was executive produced by Maria Nurislamova, produced by Mike Giordani, edited by Ramiro Gava, mixed by Alex Roses, production support by Peely Melendez. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. 